0: Break the puck up, Canada. This is We The North. Here are your hosts, Michael and Farhan. Welcome back to the We The North podcast. I'm your host, Michael. Unfortunately, we couldn't be joined by my co-host Farhan, but I'm joined today by Hattie Kaliketsch. Um Go follow him at, at Hadi k underscore scouting he writes for the hockey writers and for dober prospects and he's super insightful when it comes to prospects around the nhl how you doing man i'm doing good how are you man i'm good i'm good i'm good i'm happy to be joined by you today because uh, I- i've been wanting to talk about prospects on this podcast for a bit and now we have the expert here we have the man <laughs> the myth the
1: legend <laughs> Perfect, perfect. Yeah, uh, you know, so, you know, I'm really glad to be here. Uh, I've been working for a while, you know, in prospects. I, it has started really recently. I started yeah. in 2020 uh, during the pandemic, actually, is when, when I really started getting serious about scouting. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad to have grown, you know, so much since then, you know, I've learned a lot. So uh, I'm glad to be here and, and be able to talk about, you know, the, the North Division's prospects and, and what's going on on that side.
0: Yeah, I'm glad to have you. Now, before we get started, uh, I'd like to remind you all to please follow us on Twitter at WeTheNorthPod leave a like on the video on soundcloud and also i'd like to give a quick shout out to kingangus 4 on twitter if you haven't already go follow him and subscribe to his youtube channel uh king angus now without further ado let's get into it so first i wanted to start talking about prospects around the north division and who the best prospects are Let's start with Montreal.
1: My first prospect is Cole Caulfield. Yeah, um, you know, <laughs> obviously from what we've seen so far, uh, he seems like a great prospect. Someone who can score goals on a regular basis. Yeah, uh, he reminds me a lot of Kyle Connor uh, in terms of style. A yeah. lot of people compare it to Debrinket just because of you know the size, size yeah, uh, the size and skill aspect. But really, Debrinket's an excellent player with the puck, he handles the puck, he, he he cycles it around really well, keeps control of it a lot. Cole Caulfield's at his best when he doesn't have the puck in the offensive zone. Uh, well, so his he's hands are around.
0: excellent. Like, Caulfield's yeah. hands, I, I feel like, are really underrated.
1: Absolutely, uh, he's got some of the best hands in terms of prospects, but you know, his strength is... Yeah, just his ability
0: true. to find open ice in the offensive zone, despite being exactly. targeted every time, you know, because we all know the type of goal scorer he is. It's just incredible. Like you only see guys like uh, only the very best goal scorers in the NHL have that ability. And I like that comparison to Cal Connor here because I I feel like the comparison to the the Brinkett, yeah, there's a comparison to be made there. But I think Caulfield's a bit more skilled than the Brinkett. I know that that may be a hot take to some because Caulfield's unproven. And sure, you can say that. It's just at the same age, I feel like uh, Caulfield's a superior uh, skater. Feel like he has a better shot too than the De DeBrinket.
1: The shot for sure. Uh, the skating thing though, uh, I I really like his explosiveness. His, his first three strides are excellent. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he has the top speed of DeDeBrinket. I think I think has got the edge on that. Uh, I think I really think DeBrink is more of a flashy player, whereas Caulfield's sort of the efficient version of him. Where just a uh, smart player. Yeah. Exactly. It's even small details like he, he'll initiate contact as a five-seven guy. I've seen that. I've seen him do that in the NHL. Uh, I don't see the initiate contact as much as Caulfield. And the reason yeah. Caulfield does that is just to gain stick positioning. So often, what he'll do is he'll stick to the D man and just put his back onto him and just lift his stick a tiny bit and put his stick right under. What yeah. that does is it frees Caulfield up for a tip. Uh, and at the same time, it, it takes one D man out of the play. So that's a small detail that Cal Connor does really well as well. Uh, yeah. And that's why I think the comparison to Cal Connor is more just, is because Cal Connor's got similar skating assets. Uh, And also, uh, he's a a type of player that really excels off the puck in the offensive zone. He can find space. He can cut in front of D-men, behind them, just find space wherever it is, and just always be ready for a tip or a shot. I think Caulfield's really similar to
0: that. I agree. Uh, What do you think his ceiling is
1: well, it all depends on uh, how how much explosivity he can create in his skating stride. Because I feel, you know, if he can get to the pace of a Dubrincik, the pace of a God, you know, God forbid a McDavid, uh, if he with the shot that he has and that speed, he would be unstoppable. He would be a, a sort of player that I would consider with a limitless ceiling. But he doesn't have that top end speed. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think he'll be a 35-40 goal scorer on a regular basis with at least thirty or forty assists still. Cause I've seen yeah. him make plays. He's on a really plays. underrated playmaker. I, I, I think that's
0: one part of his game that doesn't get enough recognition. I watched like 75% of the Wisconsin games this year and the way this guy sells his shot because you know obviously his shot is great. It, it's just like you see him making those cross crease passes. I remember there was that one play I saw um, in the game where Uh, He's on the power play, right? And you have like four guys covering him and his shot. He fakes, he sells the shot so effortlessly and he makes that cross-scene pass to Holloway. Holloway has the empty net and just scores. He made that play a few times this season. I just think like... His playmaking is a result of his shot.
1: Yeah, exactly, and and that's something that um, kids working, you know, to, to become, you know, prospects to to get drafted to to, to hopefully make the NHL one day. That's a really important detail. Is that if you if you put Skakunyamis and Caulfield's shot side by side, there's a world of difference. Ridiculous, so Caulfield was, yeah. yeah, Caulfield was fun with his shot. Is. First of all, he can he can shoot off of, off, off a catch, you know, he can catch a release shoot very easily. Caulfield needs a couple stick handles to put the puck in the right place before shooting it. That, yeah. that slight difference, uh, it, it's it's really a world of difference in the NHL, because if you're taking four or five stick handles, that's maybe two seconds more before you shoot. Caulfield can just catch a puck and shoot it right away. Yeah. Uh, we saw that on his uh, on his crossbar shot the other day on the power play. Uh, yeah. He just caught the puck, released it right away, and and um, Allen made a good golf comparison with him. He, he's got almost no backswing. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a really it's a really heady shot with no no real indicator as to where it's going. So as a goalie, how do you leave that? If the player looks effortless too, right? Like uh, the exactly. other day, that
0: shot he hit off the post against Toronto. You just watch the release, and it looks it looks easy for him.
1: Yeah, and and that's the thing. Caulfield isn't a physically strong player. So if you look at a at a Alexander Holt or this year, there's a prospect called Simon Robertson who's probably going to go in like the top 15, top 20. Yeah. These types of players they use their 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 weight and and their and their muscles to to you know take off a, a very heavy shot. Caulfield's not that style. Caulfield the the reason his shots so deadly is just pure mechanics. Yeah. If you look at a shot that he that he ripped off the crossbar there against Toronto, uh, he. He, the way he receives the puck is—it's it's really crazy. It's in front of him, and he just sort of brings down his his hips and his and his the arms as low as possible, just to sort of catch it really easy, like a like a like a baseball glove. Yeah. And then in the same movement, he just makes a small wrist movement, and he just uses the momentum of the puck that he just caught to just rip it up. Exactly. So it, it's really, It's really just using momentum to your strength, and that's what Caulfield does well, because he doesn't have the strength to pull out a heavy, heavy shot, uh, but it's still heavy because of the mechanics. Let's get
0: into other prospects for the Montreal Canadiens. Who else do you got?
1: So my second pick, and and this one's really been, uh, he's been a player I've been following really well uh, since he got drafted, Matthias Norland. Um, this kid there's something about this game about his game that's just going to translate and i just know it uh there's the way he uh he can play off you know the forehand and the backhand as a d-man that's really important especially if the abs are going to stock up on lefties like they seem like doing uh you're going to need to play on both the forehand and backhand especially if you're going to play on the right side so that's already something norlander does really well uh his skating's effortless um, skating is is ridiculous yeah, and, and his deception on, on 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 rushes, on the cycle. Uh, when he gets the puck at the top of the blue line, he can just work magic. he's, he's tried a Michigan the other Man, day. The, the guy has,
0: like, his range of confidence is insane for a defenseman. I, it's insane. <laughs> some of the goals he's even scored, it's not even just the goals, you know? Like you said, he tried the Michigan. Mm-hmm. I don't know when's the last time I've seen the, a defenseman try the Michigan in a game
1: in even, be, even be behind the net like it's a, as a D-man how do you end up behind the net with the puck one and then two be like yeah I'm, I'm going to try the Michigan why not so, so it's just that kind of stuff that, that's you know it, it shows me first of all when you're able to do the Michigan you've got very very intricate puck control you're able to to, to really feather the puck where you want it, put it on edge how you want it. It's a very specific movement you have to make for that move. Uh, so yeah. really, sh- already shows a lot of puck control as a D-man. You also see him just dangle four checkers without any problem. He just makes them look foolish. And I think as the, as the ice gets smaller and he has to get more reactive, I think it's going to help this game because I see really good instincts in his game. Oh, um, yeah. So when he when he has to play quick, when he has to make a decision fast because the guy's closing down on him, he'll, make, he'll usually make the right play and that translates. I think right now playing the SHL on a bigger ice isn't helping him. Yeah. Um, I think once he gets on. Yeah, on North, North American, American ice. ice is
0: going to benefit him. The North American style, too. I feel like if you just look at his points total, you're doing yourself a major, you're doing him a major disservice because he could have had way more points. Uh, I feel like their power play struggled early in the year. I, I think, uh, with, uh, Lucas Raymond and, uh, Norlander on, on the point, they struggled early in the year, but mm-hmm. some of the highlights, even his, um, his improvements defensively have been there too. Um, that was his biggest knock when he got drafted as, as an overrager. Uh, yeah. everyone knew he's supremely skilled. He's uh, an amazing skater. One of the best in the draft, but his defensive game needs okay. a lot of fine tuning. And he, all he's done is improve, you know, uh, his coach has even his coach has even gone as far as to compare him to some of the best Swedish
1: Swedish defensemen of all time. I, you remember yep. the Lidstrom comparison? Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, that's a it's a bit extra. I think yeah, I yeah. Think the the style plays there. I mean, uh, if you're if you're looking at a guy who can move the puck, who can who can stick handle in tight, who can make sharp good passes, has good decisions, and isn't really the most physical guy, but really involves himself defensively. That that's pretty much Lidstrom's. Yeah, that's of the blueprint. difference.
0: The difference between Norlander and Lidstrom is, offensively, they both have a lot of talent, though Lidstrom has more, I'd say more complete defensively that's where that's where they separate uh, each other exactly Lister was elite defensive,
1: right exactly I, I think in style they're similar just because you know listroom was never that physical d-man you really do use this stick well specific, got into yeah leagues. exactly i think morelanders in that style i think morelanders more similar to Shea theodore though if you're comparing uh, yeah, in terms of yeah. the sort of players who can stick handle and tie who can make good passes you know move the puck around and even dangle into the slot on the offensive zone uh, i think Shea, Shea Theodore is a good comparative there
0: what do you think his uh, ceiling is and do you think he'll reach it?
1: Well, um, something uh, that one of my most trusted sources in terms of, of development, uh, Jack Hahn, he, he really could. He, he said yeah, Jack Hahn's a great source.
0: Yeah, Jack Hahn's a yeah. great
1: source. Amazing source. And he, he said he'd bet, he'd bet $200 that Nolander is going to become a 40 yeah. plus point defenseman. Yeah. So in two years, I, I think, I think that's right? A, he said in two years something like that i I think that's a i don't think in two years is a good bet but i think that's a really good ceiling for him a 40 45 50 point defenseman who can uh, play on the top pair play on the top power play line and and really dominate offensively uh but Mm -hmm. his defensive game is going to come a long way before that happens yeah Uh, it has to yeah Exactly. I feel I mean, like maybe um, spending two years in NBA just with working with Joel Bouchard on, on positioning and timing and, and putting your stick in the right places, that should make him a complete defender. And oh yeah, there. time with Bouchard, like, <laughs> it's not
0: going to hurt at all. He's one of the best. Uh,
1: and it, and it hasn't hurt anyone yet. So, <laughs> exactly. At all,
0: like, honestly, it's so night and day. You remember our, our old uh, farm system coach? Uh, matter matter of fact, fact? That dude was awful. I don't, I don't think Ooh. he developed a single NHL or under,
1: uh, like, yeah, under and, for the Habs. Exactly, and the Habs didn't help either by, by, by picking, you know, by, by yeah, having... Yeah, with them. the
0: bad drafting, of course not, but at the exactly. same time, you know, Bouchard got Jake Evans into, into the NHL. Now look at Jake Evans. He's a, he's a great yeah. bottom six player. Uh, he's yeah, gonna be and you great... can say he
1: single-handedly got Jake Evans into the NHL. When Jake Evans got into the A, he was a terrible skater. He, he was really not good at that. Yeah, he wasn't um, a great skater at all. Like uh, Yeah. And he, he was a seventh we, rounder,
0: right? It's not like he had high pedigree. Exactly, like, Lefebvre. He couldn't even develop guys like Sherbach, like McCarron. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Bouchard developed a seventh rounder into what seems who seems going to turn into. I I compare Jake Evans to Lars Eller a lot in terms yeah. of style. They Good they just play a lot like they just play a lot alike in my opinion.
1: Mm-hmm. You have the two-way play Evans is more. They, uh, yeah, I think I think Evans is a tiny bit more involved in terms of two-way transitions. You know, yeah. and, uh, you know, working on both sides of the puck, and especially his, his blue line transitions, going from D zone to the O zone. I think it's a bit more effortless than Eller, who used to rely a bit more on up and chase. Yeah. Uh, but what I really like about Evans is is just you know when he got into the A, you know, obviously his skating was an issue, but his defensive game was all already polished, and that was the reason he got drafted. Is because the Habs saw good bottom six defensive center in him, and, and that's what he's heading to become. Yeah. Uh, I think there wasn't much you could do more with Evans to turn him into a middle six or a top six guy. I think his ceiling was always Around that, uh, just because of uh, you know his his offensive game, his his his, uh, his technicalities, his his mechanics, they aren't perfect in terms of oh, passing, yeah. in terms of shooting. Uh, it, he's not an NHL shooter. He's not an NHL passer. But he's one of the best NHL two-way uh, centers in terms he's of suppressing offensive good on
0: the PK. Like he's yeah. ridiculously good on the PK. His
1: positioning's crazy, and that's something that definitely Bouchard worked into him uh oh, yeah. and, and that's the thing that's why it's so essential to have a, a guy like joel bouchard in your farm team is you're, you're training draft picks that would be nothing into something and and that's already good uh that, but that's i think why he,
0: i'm very hesitant to uh to kind of uh, bring him up as maybe hab's head coach because he's doing such an amazing job down there and yeah. while yeah he'd be a great like a great coach for us um i think like i think he's just he's so vital in He's just so important to us in the AHL right now. Like, yeah, I don't think he can be more, sure. any more valuable than, than he currently is. Okay, so we've got Caulfield, Norlander, who do you got next?
1: Uh, so my, my, my bottom three there uh, of the top five is Romanov, Primo, and Harris. I think uh, Romanov's really got some some good assets. He's shown that this year. He's got, you know, some decision-making issues that can be resolved with time. He's still 20, most most defensive prospects, you know, pan out and, and reach their, their true potential about 25, 26. Yeah, uh, and, and some don't even enter the league before they're twenty-three, twenty-four. Uh so I think he's got a bunch of growth time there. Uh, yeah, one thing with Romanov like
0: that, like that I've noticed, he, his offensive instincts surprise me. He takes yeah. a lot of risks and as a rookie, I'm not I don't even hate it much. Like I, I actually yeah. like that he's taking these risks because he, he looks confident out there. And I feel like I underestimated his offensive potential. I feel like he has like a lot more than people give him credit for.
1: Yeah, and, and I think uh, it's essential right now, you know, with a player that has that that ability to take risks, I think the best place for him is the NHL, where he can learn to take what risks, you know. yeah. Uh, do do I walk the blue line at that point with that PKer coming at me, that kind of thing, where you can learn that in the A. I think right now he's good enough to play in the NHL, uh, but I think for his potential, for his yeah. future development, the best thing you could do with Romanov is give him maybe a year or two in the A to work out the kinks in his game and... And, and figure out which risks to take, because uh, right now, if he keeps taking these risks in, in large quantities, right now you're a rookie. It's fine. You'll make mistakes, but four or five years from now, if he's making those same mistakes, that's not good for him. That's why yeah. the ace there is to work the mistakes out of your out of your game before you get there. Um, Absolutely I think- agree. Yeah, I think I think it's another case of just, you know, rushing into the NHL because we needed a D-man like him. Uh, I still think he's going to be a serviceable D-man, and I think if he if he returns to the A, he's going to be even better. Uh, but if he stays in the NHL, he could still work it out. It's just going to be even more glaring, you know, in terms of the mistakes he makes. And it's going to affect his his confidence. It's going to affect his uh, his value on the market. There's yeah. a lot of things that go into play here. So Primo, uh, Primo's a player I compare a lot to Corey Crawford in terms of style. Terms yeah, of, me
0: too, actually, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, the way he just manages posts and, and stays calm, stays in his net relatively. He only comes out when it's worth it. Uh, he's not a guy that takes a lot of risks. He plays it safe and uh, he can pull out a, a surprise save on you. So I, I really like the way he plays. Yes,
0: the fine way to to Crawford. He worked with yeah. him actually, yeah, in Chicago.
1: Yeah, they're quite similar. Yeah, and, and Harris reminds me a lot of, uh, Jordan Harris reminds me a lot of Jeff Petrie in terms of his style. Jeff Petrie, uh, wow. Yeah. He
0: reminds this me, team. like, in, in, in terms of the style of play, he reminds me a lot of Ryan Ellis a bit. I don't yeah, think he's going to be can. as good because Ryan Ellis is uh, an elite defenseman. Just in terms of style, I think he can be a. Uh, he looks like Ryan Ellis to me. In terms of his uh, ceiling, I think he can be a top four guy, maybe number three, maybe number four.
1: That's something he's like that, pick, yeah.
0: But what? Hmm? Yeah, he's a safe bet to make the NHL
1: for sure. And, and that's what I really like about Harris is he's got an elite hockey brand. and that wherever he ends oh, up, oh yeah, his hockey football. sense, of skating. Exactly, uh, those are his two main assets, his Hockey Sense and Skating, I think those are the two main assets you need to make the NHL, you know, you can, you can be an okay passer, an okay shooter and still make the NHL, but if you don't have Hockey Sense, if you don't have that pace of play, uh, that skating ability to escape the first four check or get into the middle of the ice and make some plays up, uh, that That'll harm you a lot at the other level. So, you know, he's got the bases. Um, I really like his passing game as well. I like his shot uh, decisions. Uh, he doesn't, you know, always just rip it the first time he's got it, like Romanov does, for example. Harris yeah. has got a tendency to just hold on to the puck, wait for a wait for a screen. And that's why I compare him to Petrie, is he works the blue line really well, and, and, and his shot timing's really good, where he'll wait for a, for a screen, shoot it through, uh, and yeah. just try to surprise the goalie. And that raises his shooting percentage maybe 2-3%. Percent. And that's a world of difference.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to look at two more prospect pools right now. Uh, mm-hmm. The Ottawa Senators and the Toronto Maple Leafs. So let's start with Ottawa here because they have the best prospect pool in the
1: division. And
0: that's I don't what think I see, that's yeah.
1: debate. But uh, let's start here with Shane Pinto. Shane Pinto, yeah, I really like the way he plays. He's one of the most responsible players to come out of this draft. Um, yeah, I like him too.
0: He's He's got a great shot. He's, uh, re- he's really responsible defensively. And, yeah. you know, I like to bug Ottawa fans a lot, you know, because they compare him to Caulfield. But he's going to be a great player, you know, a middle six centerman, if, like in my opinion, maybe yep. maybe number two centerman. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, overall, I think he might find himself in silky discussions at some point, kind of like Phil Deneau.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a very good comparison. Phil Deneau uh, in terms of so style. He has, of a shot, yeah. has a better shot, I find. Shane Pinto definitely has a better shot absolutely i think dino's really shown this year that his shots really lacking but you know uh what i really like with shinto, shinto, well, shinto. especially <laughs> yeah it was very close to Swearer. okay so pinto uh what i really like about his game is, is is the way he just sort of mans his own zone the way he controls uh he suppresses offensive chances is really good yeah uh, i i think you know, being in, in Ottawa is pretty much the best place he could be because he's working yeah, with sure. a team that doesn't have much at stake. You can make mistakes, you can learn, and especially right now, they're playing him on, on the PK. So, oh, yeah. you know, that's something the that pretty hasn't they done. Played him
0: on the PK. He was pretty good.
1: Yeah, from and, and that's the thing. If from game one, you're giving those responsibilities. It puts you in a good position to build off that and become a good player. For example, yep. KK's never played, you know... Yeah, any I, I don't
0: understand that because KK is good defensively. And he's got yeah, a long stick,
1: right? He's good at, right? at puck retrievals. He's good against the boards. He's good at, at, at breaking down pass lanes. I mean, he, he's exactly what you need on the PK. I think you give him a shot. But I yeah. think with Dano and Evans and Stahl, Deshaun really bet on those guys to be his PK guys. Especially, why, you know, if it, you're not going
0: to give KK all that ice time at 5-on-5, five five, right? Play him on the yeah, PK he, and on the power
1: play, right? Play him yeah, a he's lot.
0: Not, exactly. Right exactly he's not break. playing... Dano's not exactly. a great penalty killer, honestly.
1: He's not. Exactly. And right now, uh, I think Pinto's being put in a situation where he can succeed, and I think KK's being put in situations he's never been put before. He's never yeah, played he really the other pass. side of the half wall, for yeah. example, on the power play. He's never played that side. He's always played on the right half wall, being ready for the for the one-timer. That's been his area. Yeah. So right now, they're playing him on the other side. That's something he's not comfortable with, and obviously, it's affecting his develop. Jake Sanderson's also a very good one. Uh, Sanderson, I had him above uh, Dreamy Diet. Uh, Jamie Drysdale, my goodness. You had him above uh, Drysdale?
0: The, okay.
1: Yeah, at the at the 2020 draft. I just like that. I've, I've scouted the USHL profoundly over the last years, and there's not a lot of players that I see that can do what Sanderson does. I like, compare him to Ryan McDonough. In terms- Me too. Yeah, uh, I was just yeah. going to say Ryan McDonough. Yeah, being able to move the puck, being able to take shots really well, uh, control uh, be, the rush. He's one of the best rush defenders that I've seen. Uh, yeah. And especially, uh, you know, there's some things in his zone that he needs to work on. But I think there's no defender uh, that you draft that's already perfect in his own zone. That's very rare.
0: I agree with that. Um, personally, I'd have Drysdale over it because I feel like Drysdale just has way more top end potential. Yeah. I compare him to, in terms of style, not potential, because I don't think he'll he'll reach that level. Kale McCarr. Yeah, he gets but, that a lot. You know, I don't Drysdale think he'll really reach good Kale McCarr's there. level
1: because Kale McCarr is
0: just incredible yeah he's
1: otherworldly he's something else there's not there's not much you know to say about makar that's negative there's a lot of things he does yeah really really well. just have an riches, you have... Yeah, have
0: just having embarrassment bridges honestly
1: yeah yeah it's it's ridiculous and you know just going and getting Devonte for two seconds to be a lead team
0: there. like that and still have alex newhook and Bowen uh boing coming up that's
1: just it's yeah and, and newhook's gonna play his uh, his first nhl game tonight so that's awesome
0: good for like i'm i'm high on newhook i hope he does well i think uh, i think he's gonna be a great second line center for sure. Yeah, uh, let's talk about Tim Stutzel.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of talk there. Um, Stutzel's really needs to. He really needs to bring up his defensive game. He's one of the worst he's defensive players here. He's horrible defensively. Yeah, he's exactly. Awful. He's but awful. but offensively, he's a he's a juggernaut. He, he makes a wizard. happen. Yeah, yeah. It's he's ridiculous. a wizard. Like, I, he's on another level.
0: This may be a hot take. I think he could end up being better than Lafournier.
1: That's very possible. Uh, there, I've seen some players happen above him. I still think Quinton Byfield might might be the best player out of this draft. Yeah, uh, just, just due to potential, uh, the things I've seen him do at his age. He was There's one of the you youngest. With how in he surrounded?
0: Course. Right, you have. LA has one of the best futures in,
1: in the NHL. Absolutely, you know, I think they. I think this, they have the first, if not the second best. Uh, they they're the
0: best in my opinion. They're, they're definitely sure.
1: the best in my opinion. Ottawa
0: Ottawa's second uh, on the list though. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Tim Stutzla, incredible. He's going to be a franchise ta- uh, talent for Ottawa for a while. Who would you compare him to?
1: I, I, I'd give you uh, Pasternak. That's that's my best. Pass- yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah, I like it. I two, feel like he's two, going to be dual a lesser goal offense. scorer than
0: Pasternak and a better playmaker.
1: For sure, something like that. But he's still got that dual threat offense. You know, he can still shoot yeah. it pretty well. He can, he can shoot it from far too and put it in the top corner. That's what I like. A lot of players will... Yeah, just like that goal he
0: scored against Montreal... Uh, on saturday, saturday
1: night yeah exactly he can just rip into fine corners that's what i really like so so Stutu's really got that aspect to him where i think he can be an equally good sort of like a kucherov or a, or a or a kosternak those kinds of guys who can score goals and also make plays very easily just be that dual threat offense type of guy i don't think he's going to be at that level where he's in the top you know top five top ten in scoring each year yeah. uh but I, I think you know an 80 point player on a regular basis uh could make plays and shoot that's pretty much what you can expect. From yeah. Um,
0: now let's look at one more guy, uh, Jacob, uh, Jacob Bernard Docker.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I really like his game. Uh, really good two-way defender. Um, I like his active stick in his own zone. He really gets into shot lanes and 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 troubles guys, makes makes them make wrong decisions or makes him make, makes him do the thing that they don't want to do. Yeah, he's uh, really good at making that happen. So uh, I think Bernard- he's got like, the
0: exact profile of a number four defenseman, right? Like the complementary exactly. got on that second pair. I think he's perfectly suited for that role in the near future.
1: Exactly. Uh, He he reminds me a bit of uh, of Fred Kulek in his style, just a really good rush defender with a good stick. Uh, He's got that extra offensive punch that I like, so I think uh, top four action is really pretty much guaranteed for him to
0: Yeah. Let's look at Toronto now.
1: Uh, Rodeon Amirov. Uh, I really like Amirov. Um, I had him in my top 12, I think, uh, last year. Yeah, he was—he was the type of guy that I, that would have gone into the top twelve for sure. it's he's he's really flashy. He's really—you uh, know—he's he's explosive. He's dynamic. He's all Great over the ice. Great two-way game. Great two-way yeah. game. Especially that—you know—a player with that dynamism and that level of two-way awareness is, is really good for the Leafs to have that in their system.
0: They—they they uh, stole him at fifteen. I'm sorry, like
1: I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I, I wanted league.
0: him. I wanted him on the Habs. Like he was my guy. Absolutely, and honestly, Kaden
1: Gooly pick sort of disappointed me. To be honest, you know, with the Yeah, Kaden Gooly, I'm not a not a big fan of. But yeah, with with I the of off, my my next guy was Dawson Mercer for sure. Next yeah, Dawson guy.
0: Mercer. Uh, looking back, you know, you have Dawson Mercer, Lucas Reichel, uh, Morat. I don't know how, how to pronounce his last. Christiano, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All those guys would have been better picks, in my opinion.
1: For even sure, Jacob for
0: sure. even Jacob mm-hmm. Perot
1: yeah Perot uh, Peroa is just purely offensive player. if he works out he's going to be great but there's a there's a pretty good he's chance of skating and uh, his consistency. yeah he's just a, he's just a zero calorie defensive player he doesn't yeah get he's enough. awful defensively exactly <laughs> but you know Patrick Kane's that way and if your player's skilled enough you can get away with that so hopefully that's the case for Perot uh, He's just got to build up a lot to get
0: there. yeah now let's look at the second best Robertson brother Nick Robertson. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I really like Jason a lot more than him, to be honest. Uh, yeah, Jason's game is, is a lot more you know complete, uh, but Nick Robertson could be a very, very good offensive player uh, in, in the next years. I, I think maybe a 25-30 goal ceiling, with maybe 65-70 points, that type of player. Uh, I think his mm-hmm. dynamism is shot, uh, the, the way he gets involved. He's still a small guy, but he's... Um, the difference between he and him and Caulfield is that Caulfield's got that extra ability to find open space in the offensive zone whereas Robertson sort of needs a bit of luck to get around in the offensive zone sometimes I think Uh, Caulfield Caulfield has
0: better hands better shots and it's got better IQ too, I'd say. Caulfield
1: has yeah, uh, uh, absolutely it's, it's a different level, and that's why Robertson was picked in the second round instead of the first in the same year. Is because Robertson not... should have gone
0: top 20, in my opinion, though. Like you know. for sure,
1: he, he was a really good player for sure. I, I had him, I had him in, in my I think 25th, 26th, something like that. Yeah, yeah, um, he went 47th, and I think a lot of teams looked at him and went yeah there's there's a lot of things to work on there's there's some fine-tuning needed but he could still turn out to be a very good you know middle six player with, with good offensive upside he's not going to play on the pk at all
0: that's for now no. um how about timothy uh, lilyagrin uh
1: there's there's a lot of things that worry me about lilyagrin um the, the i'm not his biggest
0: f- fan i see a lot of red flags in this game yeah, defensive for play sure. for example he's been in the ahl for now two three years and it's still pretty subpar
1: yeah, exactly. It's just his, his lack of, of learning ability. I don't think he's got as much of a big learning curve as a lot of the prospects that got drafted in, in his
0: Yeah, range. I don't know if he's going to be anything, to be honest.
1: For sure. I, I think at the very most, he might be, you know, a fifth, sixth defenseman that, that gets involved. But, you know, there's a lot of decision-making issues that are very he's got, Yeah, he's
0: got a lot of talent. It's just he hasn't really
1: been able to translate it to uh, the North American game of course, for sure. And, 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 you know, that's something that can develop later. I think he's 22 now. Sure, he can be a late uh, bloomer. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm, I feel a bit safer to, to pronounce myself on him maybe two, three years from now when he's 24, 25 yeah, and you're looking at a more complete player, but uh, right now I'm, I'm looking at his game and, and I've got a lot of questions. I don't see much there that could work into something bigger.
0: Topi Nimula.
1: Oh, I like his game. I had him in the love this. Guy.
0: Like, steel, honestly, maybe the steal of the second round, he for sure. I don't understand how he fell all the way to Toronto. There, yeah, you know the World Juniors aren't a big indicator, but he's been good in the Liga. But in the World Juniors, he was just something else. <laughs> the, oh, his sure. poise, like I don't know, his poise, his IQ too. Like I noticed on a few sequences in uh, the, uh, you know during Finland games where he would oh. get the puck to the net in a very specific way, where he didn't always hit the net. He would get it like all the way to the boards and kind of create a rebound chance
1: and yeah for sure and that's what he's good at you know creating chances out of nothing really making things happen all over the ice Uh, i think he's got good potential but uh one thing that that really really you know sticks out with the email is just his skating ability on the blue line uh the way he just mans the zone and creates chances he's like a general he's a general out there like he's exactly yeah
0: you could make the case he's a better prospect than nick robertson in my opinion. i wouldn't even it, there's a case to be made there,
1: in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're, I think their ceilings, their respective ceilings, are quite similar. I, I Obviously think. different positions,
0: but you know, one's For a sure. forward, one's a defenseman. But, exactly. You know but what, in, terms in terms of, in terms of, of their, who, their, might, their... who may be more impactful, I think, especially on the Leafs where they have that big forward, you know, of Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and Tavares, I feel like uh-huh. having a good top four defenseman might be more valuable than having a top six forward
1: of course for sure and and that's the thing with nemo is that is if he pans out he's going to be that type of demon that has a lot of value uh you know on the trade market the type of guy that you'll need to lock down long term uh and have on a good contract because those types of guys they go on the free agent market and they can they can make bank very easily if you lose them so uh it's going to be the type of asset that has more value i think than nick robertson for sure but i think in terms of their input on the ice they're quite similar. I just think Niemela's value and on the market might be a bit higher.
0: I agree. Uh, who would you compare Niemela to? Oh, Niemela. Um, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. It's it's a, it's a very hard one. I think uh, Neil Pionk's a good one. Uh, actually that's a good one. Yeah. No, I agree just with type that of player that can man the blue line, who can we can make plays up ice. It's a bit flashy at times. They can uh, they can pull out a deke a move that'll surprise you, but um, mostly keeps it simple and make plays up ice to, in an efficient way.
0: Yeah, I agree. So, how would you rank uh, the seven prospect pools around Canada?
1: For me, Ottawa's first. Montreal's a very cool second. For me, Caulfield, Nordlander, Romanov, Primo, Harris, compared to Stutzler, Pinto, you know,
0: Paley, Sanderson,
1: Northgrave. Yeah, it's just yeah. the types of players we both have in terms of our prospect pools. I think Ottawa's got the edge just because of the Stutzler factor, the Mark Sanderson Holland. factor. Yeah just so the raw talent i think i think that the, the Habs have more more, more range to work with exactly yeah, yeah uh, you have a sean yes. farrell that could come in and, and surprise everyone you have got uh, a bunch no, of luke these luke luke Tuck's Tuck's really, really good. Underage. exactly and the way i see it is is luke tuck could very very well become a top nine player very easily i think it's just you yeah. work off of that you try to build off of that and make it more than a top nine player i think that's his floor right now though just he because the of, fundamentals
0: there you know he, like he can improve on that his skating can still improve uh mm-hmm. I feel like his uh, his shot too, mm-hmm. no, uh, but mo- mainly his skating. I'd say, Maybe, like if he improves his skating, I could yeah. see him being a, a middle six guy.
1: No, that makes sense for sure, and uh, that, that's where I hope he ends up because having a loop tuck in your middle six is excellent for your team, regardless of how you Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, okay, so you have Ottawa first, Montreal second, uh, who you have
1: uh, third? My next would be uh, Edmonton. Actually, I really like Evan Bouchard. I think he's going to be someone great if Dave. Oh Tiff- yeah,
0: yeah, Bouchard's
1: awesome. Yeah, yeah, if Dave Tippett finally decides to play him some games, that might help him out. But really, he's a good prospect. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm higher a bit on on Dylan Holloway than most. I don't think he's going to. No, be I'm yeah. very high
0: on him. I'm I'm really high
1: on him actually. Perfect. Yeah, because I think this guy he has got top six potential. Um, yeah. and At the very least, he's a bottom six player that that will help out defensively, be one of the best chance suppressors. Yeah.
0: Good energy. That's, you know, good skating. Uh, Four checking.
1: That, yeah, that's your worst bet there. So I think that type of player with a low floor, a, a pretty pretty regular ceiling, uh, you bet on those guys and hope they work out. You know, and I, and I think Holloway's uh, did that. Top I bat. see a lot of
0: uh, Gabe Landeskog in Holloway. I don't know if he's going to be as good, but uh, in terms of yeah. just comparable styles, I see a lot of. Uh, of Landis
1: yeah, and I agree on that. In the sense that I would actually also put Dylan Holloway as a winger more than a center at the at the NHL level. Yeah, uh, just, just due to, to the way he plays. Uh, yeah. But m- myself here, the only thing that worries me is Philip Roberg. I don't think I don't think he should have gone as high as he did. There's a lot of question marks. Oh Yeah, I'm not
0: a fan of this. He's not
1: for uh, sure. His
0: IQ. I'm sorry. Like yeah. his IQ, his defensive play, especially too. It's not. It's not good
1: no exactly and and uh the the way i look at it is um would you rather have a player that has good instincts good uh good iq you know good fundamentals but bad mechanics or would you rather have a guy with good mechanics but bad instincts bad iq bad fundamentals you know what i mean
0: yeah Uh, yeah
1: exactly you know you always want a player that's got the the bases down first then you can work on the specific or you can improve his his game right
0: when you have bad iq that's something you can't really improve you like, can in certain
1: aspects. It's really hard though, because it's IQ I, I, though. It's
0: like you know, it's not uh, it's not like on ice performance. You can improve your shot. You can improve your mm-hmm. skating. Uh, you can improve all that stuff. But as far as your IQ goes, it's, it's like a lot harder to prove.
1: Yeah, it, it does depend on the prospect though. So one thing a lot of development people look at when they're tracking a guy is: is he willing to learn? Does he seem like a guy who absorbs He's- information easily? Or is he the type of guy that's just going to do his thing and and just be a bit stubborn about his game and and just do the the drills. He's only going to be intense in the drills he likes and and sort of uh, drag his feet around in the drills he doesn't like, that kind of thing. All that takes into account and makes a full profile for a player. So I think Philip Broberg's shown that he doesn't seem as intent on learning as other prospects and that'll hurt him a lot in his development.
0: What do you uh, you think of Carter Savoie?
1: Of the, way, uh, the thing is, uh, with Savoy, he's, he's played in the league. that. Uh, you know, He was drafted out of the AJHL. That league's really hard to scout just because of the yeah. competition. It's really weak. Um, there's, there's some players coming out of there this year that I'm, I'm still asking myself questions about. But <laughs> I think he's got fundamentals. He, he's, he's really a boomer bus player. So yeah, he if he is. makes it, he'll make it good. Uh, but there's a pretty big chance as well that he'll just perennially be the sort of player that you know excels at... I feel that like, kind
0: of thing. I feel like he's he's either going to be like an AHL player or a top
1: six winger. Yeah, there's no in-between, really. I don't see him on the bottom six in terms of his yeah, style. He doesn't so. have
0: that style, yeah. But, you know, he, he's like a fifth-round pick, right? Exactly. Yeah, so it's not, it's, it's, it's not going to haunt Edmonton fans or anything. Okay, exactly. so you have uh, Edmonton's third. Who do you have fourth?
1: Uh my fourth team would be Vancouver. I just really like their their, their top end, and, and they've got Hoglander, Poulsen, and Jack Rathbone. That's my top three, and I really, yeah. really like those guys. I think they're they're among the strongest prospects in the in the North. I just think the depth uh, hurts it's Vancouver. I find, is
0: still extremely underrated. I, I yeah. feel like you know you had those conversations about him uh, going top three in 2019, and you know <laughs> obviously he fell uh, to 10th because I think it was because of his U18 tournaments.
1: something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I mean his work ethic, his two-way mm-hmm. game, his skill—like I, I feel like it's gonna translate beautifully to the NHL.
1: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see him having a lot of trouble with the NHL game. I think his game is Yeah, I me mean, neither. Sure. No way. Yeah, he, he's he's, exactly. He's gonna be that. That, yeah, he's gonna be that
0: type of guy who can play in all situations and and just contribute. Mm-hmm. You know, he's gonna produce like maybe fifty-five to sixty-five points uh, yeah. if he plays with Pedersen, especially. Yeah, um, but just be a regular play
1: driver. Yeah, yeah. As far as who I would compare him to, Puli Arvi. That that does make sense. I I would also maybe put Pj Oshi in there.
0: Yeah, option. I feel like like Oshi is a good comparable if you compare his offensive game, but Mm -hmm. defensively, I feel like he's gonna be vastly superior.
1: For sure. I, I do see some of uh, Oshie's plays, you know, defensively, and I'd and I come out of that thinking, okay, he can figure himself out in, in his D-zone. Uh, it's just his advanced metrics, the way he, the way he drives plays. Yeah. yeah, I agree with, you with show. Uh, but But, you know, I, I like the way he plays an active stick. I think with Colson especially, he's going to really, really, um, you know, hone in on, on his defensive team to, to make it in the NHL. Yeah. Um, especially Vancouver, like they'll need that in their middle six—some guy who can uh, just regularly suppress uh, opposing chances and, and keep the puck out of the zone. Uh, he's really good at getting pucks out of his zone into the offensive zone with control and getting mm-hmm. cycles started. Uh, I think that should translate really well with Yeah, like
0: don't look at his stats in the KHL. Uh, <gasps> mm-hmm. KHL coaches have a history of giving them limited opportunity. You saw it with Romanov, and we're yeah. seeing with Colson, He's been great in the playoffs, and mm-hmm. I hope that carries over to nhl because if he translates his game which i think he's very he very well might he's <laughs> going to be a very impactful player on, on the top six for vancouver
1: yeah i think he might be an analytical darling for years oh come, yeah for sure exactly <laughs> and, and 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 you mentioned it with the khl and, and coaches not getting ice time to their young guys who, who are destined to be nhl that yeah. drives any scout crazy when you look at a full I mean, game so hard the, the you, you know it's so
0: hard to Judge players in the KHL because of that,
1: you know. Yeah, and, and, and there's players on the ice that that regularly play that that honestly suck. Like they're they're bad. They're actually bad. On if there
0: was a meritocracy in CSKA Moscow last year. Romanov would have been playing on the top pair all year.
1: For sure. Yeah, there are there not many guys that were better than them, and and it's that kind of thing where coaches will actually perf- put politics in front of their team. That that no scout understands no, that. On, on you see
0: it in the NHL too, right? You, you know where your reputation and Um, the fact that you're a vet will push you further than a younger player, right? Like on defense in Montreal, you have guys like Ben Sherat and Shea Weber getting more minutes than Victor Mete this year. Anyway, who do you have uh, fifth?
1: Uh, My fifth team uh, would be Calgary. Um, I I think uh, Pelty and Zari just put them a bit ahead of Over uh, Toronto? Uh, Yeah, a bit. I I don't really like Toronto's pool as much. I think uh, if you you count out Sandy, who's honestly five games away from not being a a prospect anymore. If you just look at Robertson, Amirov, uh, those are the two guys that that are really good in their pool. Uh, There's also, you know, they drafted well last year. I think uh, a lot of their picks in the later rounds. They've been drafting
0: amazingly since uh, Dubas took over.
1: Yeah, Dmitry Ochenikov is one guy that I've been looking at all year. And- Ronnie the- Hervinen,
0: too. I forgot to mention him. I don't know.
1: Hervinen, VT Mietinen was another guy. He led the, the j uh Yeah, he was great at M-TAA the A-A this year. Uh, he that, also, that kind of That thing, other yeah. guy, uh, what's his
0: face? <laughs> what's his face? Uh, uh, Nick Abruzzese, I think that's how you Nick Abruzzese, it? yeah.
1: He, he's, he's been okay. Honestly, there's there's something that Leafs see in him that I don't uh Leafs fans rather they 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 seem to see a top six player in him i don't Hell see no. that exactly but he's, he's still a good prospect he still might make it i think he's a good sort of middle six top nine type of player just uh you know someone who can contribute on a middle six bottom six type type of lineup and, and get some uh, some points in uh, but really, the front the, the, the of Toronto's uh, Toronto's prospect pool is Robertson and Amirov. I think, uh, uh, depending on how last year's draft uh, eligibles go and then how they went in that draft, that might help them out a bit in terms of punching them up the lineup and, and the, yeah. the prospect pool. But right now, I, I still see Calgary just ahead of them because I really like Jacob Peltier and, and Conor Zeri. I also think uh, Jan Kuznetsov might be something uh, more than he's expected to. So. And uh, Jeremy Boisier is
0: root boomer bust, really. Like he's yeah, he's great offensively, offensive. but I've never seen
1: a more <laughs> he's offensive, awful, defensive. awful defensively. Yeah, I've never seen a more offensive defensively. Like yeah, yeah, like very,
0: that, literally the embodiment of that. Like right here, basically the Eric Gussipson of uh, of the of the Q. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, so would that mean you have Toronto six?
1: I would have actually, <laughs> I would actually have Winnipeg. Six. Oh shit! This is gonna get Toronto fans, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're gonna be irate about this. Uh, Winnipeg has um a guy that was in my top five last year called Profetti. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Billy Heinle has barely played yet. He's still a very good prospect. He's yeah. played NHL games, and looked zero out of place, uh, and seems to be very good. I, I'm really big on Antonio Johansson as well. Yeah. Uh, one of the most one of the most passy defensemen, uh, in last year's draft. Uh, he he literally comp- he completes more passes than any other defenseman attempts. Yeah, uh, I like Chisholm too.
0: Declan Chisholm, it's
1: pretty yeah, good. Yeah, for sure. And, and they, they've even got some guys that are, that are getting a couple games in this year, like Mason Appleton, which I who I really like.
0: Yeah, Dylan uh, Samberg Hart. too.
1: Yeah, Samberg on D. There's also Jansen Harkins that might be uh, starting to get some couple games here and there. So yeah, uh, those types of players that are you know bottom six options, but really talented, skilled bottom six options that would have in my team. That means you
0: have Toronto seven.
1: Yeah, right now. It's just because they've bet so much on their current lineup that uh, uh, I wouldn't see them really having, you know, unless they have an excellent year this year that might push them higher up. But it's really, I think it's really tied uh, at the bottom three uh, of prospect pools in the North Division. Um, It's really, really close. I just have uh, Calgary and uh, Winnipeg just slightly ahead of them. Um, But again, if they they draft well this year again, they should get out of this this prospect slump and, and create a better prospect pool for themselves.
0: Personally, I'd have um, Ottawa first. Uh, obviously, you know, they have the most high end talent and that beats out everything. Montreal, mm-hmm. I'd have them second. I'd have Toronto third because I think uh, while they may not have like any clear cut, you know, star talent, they do have like quite a bit of depth, in my opinion. Where you could sure. say yeah, They do have, and Amirov, I'm, I'm very high on Amirov. I think he's going to be a top line player, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe like top six, you know, at least. Uh, Robertson's gonna be a top six guy. Uh, Nimala, I think, is gonna be a top four player. Uh, you know, is really good. I'm, 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 high on the prospect pool. I have Edmonton fourth. I'm big on Holloway and Bouchard, obviously. I, I like Tyler Benson. Um, Broberg, even though he might not be um, great, I still think he'll be an, an NHLer. <laughs> No, I, I I Compare I him a lot
1: of- to Tyler Myers, that kind of guy with, with bad analytics, bad decision making. I think still he's a better team. skater
0: than Myers, though. Like he's a, he's a much better skater, for sure.
1: Yeah,
0: After I'd mention. have Winnipeg fifth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm I, I'm big on Cole Perfetti. You know, obviously you have that star. You have Sandberg, Vesalainen, uh, Chisholm, uh, Hila. Mm-hmm. uh That's that's a great prospect pool. Then you, then I'd have Vancouver at sixth because bud colson although it's very yeah. close cool between, between them and calgary uh, sure. but yeah ultimately it has calgary seventh calgary yeah. they're in a position right now where they have a mediocre nhl team
1: and a mediocre prospect pool yeah that's not good for them yeah uh, that's i think they've still they got a couple trapping. players that could yeah they, they still got a couple players that could make it but i don't think their, their pool is, is they're no man's land to, them, to be
0: honest like they're no man's land
1: yeah and especially this year if they barely make the playoff if they barely miss the playoffs like they should um, this yeah, this odds are gonna be
0: that high for a top pick, right? Exactly. Though, you know, get this like year, like 13, you know, there's like pick. ten guys who can make a case for first overall. For yeah. sure, it's not that big of a deal. Especially when yeah. you have guys like like Eklund and, and Gunther who might fall. Who mm-hmm. I think I, I like my top three right now would be Baneers, uh, Eklund, and Gunther. For
1: sure, for sure. Yeah, Gunther uh, really could be uh, anything this year. It's just because right now the WHL has been a bit weaker this year than than previous years. A lot less players. Uh, uh, involved in that league uh so yeah gunther's got a lot of points this year but I, i've got him eight right now i've got a couple guys ahead of him my yeah. first overall pick right now is william Eklund. Yeah. uh i've got uh luke hughes second matt Beniers third fabian Lucell fourth and then yes we lost fifth so that's yeah. my top five on the 20th yeah. round
0: i'm never like no matter what anymore like i don't care how good the goalie is my mm-hmm. philosophy is never draft a goalie in the top 10
1: gotcha um i would agree on that I in a normal like, year yeah. yeah exactly i would agree on that in a normal year it's just this year the the pool is so vast i think walsett's the only guy that i would uh, bet on to be a franchise player out of this draft the only guy i, that I, I like walsett
0: i think he's gonna be great it's just yeah. that if you look at the past few years where teams have been getting really quality goalies in later rounds like carter For hart sure. in 2016 uh, you know yeah <clears throat> Caden, Caden primo, primo yeah exactly. um who else um yeah. in arizona um, yeah there's
1: a couple guys like
0: that yeah you have guys like that and wall said while Sidwell, he might be a franchise defining talent you can get a goalie like that in later rounds because goalies are such they're so hard to scout you yeah know?
1: absolutely
0: and the best ones might fall later in the draft like primo fell to the seventh round and he's arguably the best goaltender in that draft
1: yeah, that makes sense. The only thing is though, um, there's so much that I've seen with Jesper Volstad that I'm like, yeah, this, this guy's are walking. Like the, the, the way the way uh, for me in the last you know three four years of the prospects that have been drafted in terms of goalies, like you, you count the Spencer Knights and the, the Yaroslav Askarovs and uh, all those players. For me, Volstad is the best of the bunch. Um, he's put up points. He's put up uh, numbers in the SHL that no other goalies ever put in at, at, at his age. Um, he's played more games this year as an 18-year-old than any 18-year-old goalie's ever played in the SHL. Uh, for me, that shows that one, his his coaching staff, his his, his, uh, his GMs, his development staff, they trust him a lot to be able to put him in a men's league as a starting goalie. Uh, yeah. And on top of that, to show the the things that he's shown, you know, the calmness that he shows in net, the ability to play the puck out of the net. Uh, all this for me. He's really, really, really good, and, and I would definitely. I'm mean, honestly, I was hesitating to put him in the in the top three. Um, that's how high I am that's on the hard. You lot. know what? That's
0: fair. I feel like it depends on uh, which teams are going to be. Around exactly five,
1: right? Like- exactly. So, Florida, for example, when they picked uh, when they picked Spencer Knight, fourteenth, he, yeah. he was predicted to go in the top twenty, maybe in the twenties for sure. Yeah. So, what happened with Spencer Knight is Florida needed a goalie. They they went and got Bobrovsky. That clearly did not work out. Uh, but before Terrible even signing. that happened, <laughs> exactly before even that happened, they were like, "Yeah, we need a goalie." So they they went and got Spencer Knight because he was the best goalie available. But uh, you know, it's it's still I wouldn't hesitate to, to throw a top five or top ten pick on a goalie if I trust that it's gonna be good. Um you know what? Just like, right now... a team like
0: Ottawa, right? Like if if Ottawa gets like the fifth overall pick. Yeah. And all of Beneers, Eklund, uh Gunther, you know, of uh, all if all those guys are gone, mm-hmm. take take set take the
1: goal. For sure. So that's because, why, that's why I, have know, I, like Gustafson.
0: I, I feel like Gustafson. you know, he, he could be a starter. But in terms of, imagine Ottawa in the future with um, the Ford core they're about to have, the B core they're about to have, and now with Wallstead.
1: That's probably yeah, scary. That would be terrifying. And that's the thing if, if you have a goalie that, you know, if you have, a, if you're able to get an elite goalie in the top five, a franchise goalie, a guy that's going to play for your team for 20 years and put up good numbers, why not? Especially yeah. in this year where there's no consensus number one, uh, where there's no top end, you know, Lafreniers or Kakos or, or those types of elite prospects that could become top line players. It's, I think you throw your your hat at him and, and not ask yourself any questions. But I still have a couple of guys ahead of him, uh, especially the two Swedes and, and Eklund and Lucelle. Especially Lucelle he's growing on me a lot. Um, yeah. So it's just small things like this that are better better accumulating here. And the, this draft's really unpredictable. This year, there's there's about ten guys I've seen in the, as the first overall pick. So. Uh, there, there's no way for me to tell you, you know, what yeah. my top. I can tell you what my top 10 is, but there's no guarantee that it's going to be anything similar to that. There might be the guy that's 12 or 13 that'll go first overall. So
0: there's really no bet. exactly like no one. It's like you know what it reminds me, you know what this draft reminds me of. Okay. I don't know if you follow the NBA, but it reminds me of the 2013 NBA draft, where you had eight guys right who were in contention for the first overall pick, and Cleveland, the team with the first overall pick, took one of the biggest busts uh, of the century. Okay. Basically. This reminds me of that draft because you can go wrong, you can easily go wrong in this draft. You know, like at the beginning of the year, you know, everyone had like Ratty as uh, their first pick. He's had a terrible year though, for his standards.
1: Yeah, he's in my 20s right now, so yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, right now you have like eight, ten guys looking at, you know, maybe being the first overall pick. and. Not all those guys are going to pan out. It's like, like, so you can easily make a, a huge mistake at first overall.
1: Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, though. This year, it's, it's really going to be important to have. You know, this is the worst year to have a pandemic. You know, There's never a good year. But, you know, in terms of scouting, the worst year. Because there's no consensus pick. There's nothing to guarantee you that the guy you're going yeah. to pick is going to be good. All you're seeing, really, is video of him. It's the worst year to scout because in a draft that's this wide open, uh, you want as much clarity as possible. You much you want as much, you know, specifics and details, you want to watch as many games as possible to to find the guy that stands out. This year we can't do that. And on top of that, we've got a difficult draft to break down. So it's just gonna be hell for teams this year. I think they're gonna have a lot of trouble to make their picks. Exactly.
0: Yeah, you're gonna see like a bunch of second round steals. Like looking back, you can look in five years, you're gonna look back at this draft and be like, How the fuck did this dude fall to the second round?
1: Yeah, exactly. But on the flip side as well, even five, six years from now, I, I don't think I'm going to be comfortable telling you who the, who the best player was out of this draft. I don't think there's going to be a consensus best player. Um, oh, I, mean, I agree I with that completely. But back exactly, to said,
0: because like... I want to say, I feel like the, I feel like the importance of having a good goaltender is diminishing every single year because sure. scoring is up. And when you want to win a cup, building your team around your goaltender it's never going to work. I, I can't think of the last time uh, a team won the cup and the goalie was their best player.
1: Yeah, for sure, and and that's why you know I'm betting on, on a team like uh, Ottawa to, to pick up uh, because the because they've already. Yeah, got the thing their is, base. with
0: Ottawa, like uh, let's look at Ottawa here actually because, mm-hmm. like, say they take Volsat, right? Mm-hmm. They'd be the perfect team to do it because you have Tim Stutzla, you have Brady Kachuk, you it's have Drake right Batherson, you have Thomas Shabbat. Uh, Brandstrom, you know, you have all those guys. Right, Shane Pinto, you have all those guys, and Wallset won't be the the main contributor to their success. Now, yeah, why I'm saying that um, having that, why I'm saying that your goalie being your best player isn't a winning solution. I mean, look at Carey Press. he's literally the perfect, the embodiment of why building your team around your goaltender it will never work. Sure. You need you, you need like better players up front. You need better players on defense. For what sure. you need come playoff time is a hot goaltender. You yeah. saw it last year with Anton Kudobin, who was literally Dallas's backup,
1: just carried them to the final.
0: I don't think I don't know if he carried them per se. It was pretty. You, know, big you had Heistman playing out of his mind. Yeah, uh, you sure. had Joe Pavelski, too. Corey Perry. You had all those guys. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who <laughs> had a hat trick in Game Seven.
1: Oh, Ropa Hits. Kiviranta. Oh, Kiviranta, yeah, Joel Kiviranta, another yeah. finish,
0: yeah. Rupe heads, you know, you had Klingberg, all those guys contributing, right? But having a hot goalie is pretty much enough to get if you have a good team and a hot goalie, you can easily make it the finals, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. You don't need like a a like a world class goaltender anymore. For sure. It's and it's such a an inconsistent position. You know, you you have a goalie where one year he'll have an amazing year, and the next year will he'll, he'll have. A terrible year right
1: i agree with you there um you know when, when it comes to playoff time you know the, the best thing you can have is a goalie that can stop everything uh but even during the regular season if you can if you can find a guy in, in the top five in the top ten a goalie that can win you 35 40 games a year on a regular basis yeah. and, and, and be that type of guy for you on, on long term. You you take a bet on that guy if your prospect pool's already full with, with, with forwards and defensemen. That's exactly the case for yeah, especially That's why I think they're the best
0: bet. Yeah, especially in this draft where like there's no real franchise talent, right? Exactly. Like um, and also I want to talk about Maddie Veneers a bit. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of people say that they wouldn't take him first overall because they think his ceiling is low. I don't agree with that, and yeah, I, I, like I don't see a low
1: ceiling with him. No. I feel like Not there's this all.
0: perception among the media, among the fans, really, where if you're 2 if you're if you're like great defensively at such a young age, your ceiling isn't that high. I feel like there's just this correlation between both, and I don't understand it because he's at a point per game in the NCAA right now. Yeah, and any game, game. game is excellent, and I know his, he has a late, he has like a uh, a late birthday, like per- right? He's like uh he's, he's gonna be one of the oldest players in the draft but yeah. man like I, I watched him at the world juniors i watched a few michigan games and i i don't know if there's a better player in the draft to be honest like he's my first overall pick right now
1: no and and, and there's definitely an argument there and, and that's why you know i love talking to scouts this year and, and being been comparing charts and and, and and draft rankings and all that it's, yeah. it's really great to see how many you know like i said before there's 10 guys that have that have talked to scouts and they're like yeah he's my first pick
0: That's going to do it for our second episode. If you guys want to stay up to date with all the content we have coming for you, follow our Twitter page at WeTheNorthPod and follow our SoundCloud page. Y'all are awesome, really. We appreciate the support. Peace out and until next time.